Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. I'm back with you again. I told you to hold on, and you held on, so I'm back with you. One more round to go, because you know this is Halloween, so I've been keeping it going with many great interviews on science fiction. It's just so exciting to have these guests on, and this guest will be talking about more science fiction, just as Tracy Bird's always talking about science fiction. But this is, like I said, it's getting very exciting, close to Halloween. I'm ready for it. Great movies coming out. This year, next year, oh, boy, my head is just spinning. And this guy, he is going to be giving us some very important information. Here with me is Mark Netter. He's giving us some nightmare codes to live and die by. And in terms of wearing hats in the entertainment industry, as such as Tracy said, this man does it all. He has similarly warned them all. And when I say all, I mean all. He was the music supervisor on Thrill Olympic Broadcast. He's written screenplays, worked in the behind-the-scenes capacity on several huge feature films, produced groundbreaking video games, and worked for various digital agencies. And, whew, I think I'm just tired of talking about it. But here with me is Mark <laughs> Netter. Mark, thank you for coming on to the show today. I really appreciate it, taking out the time to chat with us. Oh, thank you for and having me. This is a real treat. You are so welcome. I mean, you got a lot going on, and this is so exciting because, like I said before, Halloween is coming. It's coming, but it seems to be coming a little early this year, and I'm just glad to have you on. I really am. But in the meantime, where are you right now on your film with Nightmare Codes? Have you finished shooting? Oh, yeah. Well, not only are we finished shooting, but your audience can actually go and watch the movie on iTunes. They can see Nightmare Code on Google Play, YouTube movies. They can uh, rent it or buy it on Voodoo uh, as well. It's going to be on Vimeo shortly, and in about a month it'll be out on DVD. But for Halloween, definitely if they want to uh, get a little high-tech scare, now's the time. Right. This is the time, and... So many great films, just like yours, The Walking Dead. Awesome, yes, that's 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 one of them. The fear, the fear of the dead. I think if I'm saying that correctly, because Tracy just told me about that one. I want to make sure I check that one out. The fear of the well, Walking I just Dead. Wanna, I definitely want to say if you're if your uh, listeners are fans of The Walking Dead, or if you're fans of The Walking Dead, if you guys remember uh, the city of uh, the little town of Terminus that they arrived at about, a, I think it was last year, and the leader of that town was a guy, a character named Gareth, played by an actor, Andrew J. West, and Andrew J. West is the lead uh, male actor in our movie, Nightmare Code. Oh, awesome. And a lot of people, if you don't know about the Nightmare Code, it, this is really like an independent sci-fi thriller. It's about behavior recognition technology, um, behavior modification, 24-7 surveillance, and artificial intelligence. And I see a lot more of these movies are now coming out dealing with artificial intelligence. Um, sure. What's the big, what's the big catch on, on artificial intelligence, Mark? 
Well, I think the thing that's happening with artificial intelligence, it's predicted that by the year 2022, you're going to have a software program or computer that is self-aware, just like we are as human beings. And that starts to create a lot of questions about whether or not the uh, computers are going to start to make decisions that aren't necessarily in our best interest. And Nightmare Code is definitely about that kind of thing happening as if it were happening now. We just don't know about it yet. Um, the movie takes place in a software startup that's working feverishly to try to finish this behavior recognition program. And this program, we, we actually shot this movie, wrote it and shot it three years ago. And at that time, it really was science fiction. There, there weren't any commercial companies that could monitor your behavior, that could see video of you and determine what you're thinking and feeling just by looking at video of you. And now there are. Uh, which is just crazy. And in our in our movie, the program, which is called Roper, because it ropes in all the video in the area, actually starts to uh, act up. It starts to rewrite itself. It takes on some self-awareness and actually starts to modify the behavior of the characters that are closest to us, in particular Andrew J. West's character, Brett, who's a young programmer, who's desperately mm-hmm. trying to help finish this program. And in, in fact, he's starting to find that his personality is changing and it's starting to match that of the previous programmer, his predecessor, who went on a murder-suicide rampage in the office prior to his arrival. Oh, that's my type of movies like that. I love, I love those kind right there. Walking <laughs> deep edge, look like they just explode. Oh, yeah, I'm going to definitely be waiting on this one. So what was the, <laughs> what was the main idea um, just for this movie? Yeah, well, what got us started was the idea that, you know, as you mentioned, I've worked in a lot of different areas in, in technology right. and digital entertainment. And I worked in video games where I learned that programmers, if you get two different programmers, they wouldn't necessarily write the same code to solve the same problem. They might come up with different types of solutions uh, that I wouldn't understand because I'm not a programmer. But what it means is that deep inside of your the, the programs within your phone, within your computer – the ones that are powering this this, this blog uh, radio right now, you've got the personality of a programmer expressed as, as code or logic. And our idea was, well, what if that code, that logic, uh, suddenly became self-aware, became sentient, and what if it was really, really pissed off? Mm-mm-mm. And um, also in this film, you have one of the gentlemen from actually The Walking Dead. So that's, that's pretty awesome. So we'll be seeing him oh, Walking yeah. Dead. Right. We I'm got like, him before I'm Walking Dead, which is great. <laughs> Look, he said, <laughs> we got him first now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, you got a great team, a great cast on here. Tell us a little bit about them. Well, uh, Andrew J. West, who I mentioned, uh, is known for Walking Dead, and he's also done uh, episodes of Under the Dome and Minority Report, and he has a feature film, Walter, that's also come out. Uh, Maeve Melanson who's our female lead, who, as the movie goes on, becomes more and more the central character of the story. She plays a software tester who's one of the few people left in the office after this suicide massacre who's there to help Brett uh, finish the job. And uh, she's been uh, uh, in X-Men, The Last Stand. She uh, played Psylocke. She's been uh, on a recurring role on The L Word a few years back. Uh, she's actually doing more writing now, but she's a fantastic uh, actress, one-time model in the past, and uh, just was a pleasure to work with. And the, the rest of the cast is really interesting. I mean, we kind of uh, 
have a whole bunch of different people. It's um, you know pretty much a multi-culti type of cast. We have um, just a range of characters, and I have to say, uh, not a lot of them make it out of the movie alive. Oh wow! Well, mm, I guess that's the sad. That's the that's the hard part of it all. But someone has to. <laughs> yes, they do. Someone has to actually make it out. So, have sci-fi always been your thing, like the best thing of it all? You know, when I was a kid, I loved science fiction, and this is before. This was like the only science fiction movies out were really like you know. 2001 A Space Odyssey and Star Trek on TV and I just used to read a lot of sci-fi and I was really interested in um, the type of science fiction that talks about what science might do technology may do to society the type of questions it might bring up your 1984 your Brave New World things so um, that's yeah, and, and as far as I really love movies that give you a lot of suspense and thrills and kind of open your imagination but also give you something to think about afterwards and I found some of my favorite science fiction movies like Minority Report or Source Code or, um, you know, Alien or The Thing. I mean, they, they, there's always something that it leaves you with afterwards. So you're still coming back to the movie. You're talking to your friends about it. And I think with Nightmare Code, we wanted to make that kind of movie that even though we were working on a very low budget, I mean, we are kind of on the edges of Hollywood with, with our movie. And it really has been, a, you know, a real independent feature. To, and, and we love people that support independent filmmaking. But what we really wanted to do was to give you that feeling that you're you're in this uh, very believable kind of world where technology is starting to grow beyond our control and, in fact, is turning around and starting to control us, which I think is something that's really happening out there. And we were able to achieve it uh, with a really good script, thanks to my co-writer, uh, MJ Rotundi, and uh, he and I worked on it. And then the great performances. And then also we shot the whole movie with as if it's you're using surveillance camera or PC camera, and in some cases an eyeglass camera worn by the actors. And for parts of the movie, at least half the movie, you see four images at once. Like you're looking at a surveillance monitor, but they're not right. always thinking. You start to get the feeling that the program itself is telling you the story, the, the roper itself, the computer program. We like to say it's a... If you, it's kind of imagine you're watching The Shining, but set in a software startup, as told by Hal, the computer from 2001. Right. Wow. This is going to be so interesting. As you said, with the future coming and everything, it's just going to really blow your mind. We don't know what to expect. I mean, they're already talking about putting chips into our bodies and scanning us and all sorts oh, yeah. of stuff. So who knows? I mean, after what? We already have androids delivering our mail. Um, I have not had one to come to my door, but, I mean, this is as far. I mean, it's amazing because people probably laughed at the first person to even think of a robot doing stuff. And now look how advanced we have come that we are actually doing it now. We're actually trying to make these robots do what we have been doing all our lives. I just hope it don't take oh, my yeah. job away. Why? I know, I know. That's you know, and I think think there's a number of things that are really scary about technology. I think one of them is just like you're saying. I mean, when you get a self-aware robot that's able to learn and and teach itself and uh, grab everything on the internet and make its own decisions, I mean, who's to say that the best fashion designer won't be a robot? The best architect? Why? You know, we already have seen tons of jobs go away and things like you know they. 
There used to be people that would do the typesetting at the newspapers. Those jobs don't exist anymore. And there's a lot of things that have been taken over by, by, by computers. And, you know, yes, they do make our lives easier and in some cases can potentially be more accurate. But they also take away a lot of our humanity. And, and the other thing I think about all this, what's going on with surveillance right now, is that it's growing. And it's not just about people watching what you're doing. It's the data that they're recording. And that there's so much data about our daily movement. If you have a smartphone, chances are there's some sort of database somewhere that knows where you've been every day of your life since you got that phone. And that is being used to market to you. And who's to say it wouldn't necessarily be used to, uh, for political reasons against us? Um, or who's to say that the computers at some point might not take that data and start making some decisions for us? Right. I mean... This is what's going to be taken over after a while. We're not even going to have jobs, and I pray that we do in the near future, but who knows, because people are taking the time to create this. And, oh, I just, like you said, it's just it's just scary. It's it's really un- unimaginable, but it's going to happen. <laughs> well, with this movie, I know that you probably have had some personal experiences or personal feelings towards this movie that actually happened. Yeah, you know, I, I worked in the uh, in the video game business for a while. I've also worked at a technology startup that was a, uh, you know, that didn't last. That was funded by uh, investors and then went through the uh, crash of 2008. And and so part of what's uh, the the plot of the movie is really they're desperately trying to finish this program within a month. The program itself is not cooperating, which is a little bit of the science fictiony aspect of it that it's acting up, it's rewriting itself, it's confounding the people that are programming it and that are testing it. Um, but the idea of being, and I don't think this is just me, I mean, lots of people, uh, probably just about everybody who's ever had some kind of job where they've been under pressure knows the feeling of, hey, i got to try to finish this in a certain amount of time, and it doesn't seem to be like time is cooperating with me over here. I'm having problems trying to get it done. And then the other thing that I think is a real human part of the story is that our, the lead programmer, uh, played by Andrew J. West, is uh, actually been brought in after this this awful office tragedy, the, the murder suicide, and he's living in the office. He's sleeping there, and he's communicating with his wife and daughter back uh, halfway across the country by video chat, like many of us do when we use Skype or something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, I. I've had jobs where I've had to be on the road for, you know, not as long, but maybe for a week at a time. And I have to say that no matter how you connect with your family and your loved ones by technology and, and thank goodness for it, it still leaves you with that feeling of distance and that feeling of loneliness. And right. when the, when the Skype goes off and you're alone in a hotel room someplace, um, you know, it's not like you can hug your wife or, you know, kiss your daughter goodnight. Right, exactly. I can't feel you the same way as if I was there. That's why I, it is. It's an advantage and it's a disadvantage. And now we have Windows 10. Our children are growing into the technology world. And yep. it's like, and in no offense, I do. I love the technology, but it makes this generation <laughs> a little clueless. It makes the generation a little clueless to me because they have no, some of them, you know, we grew up, we, see, Mark, we grew up on those things that we understood. Yep. We had the cassette players. We we knew if this broke, we could use this. Now, 
pictures and be like, oh, my God, my iPad just broke. What am I, what am I going to do? I can't, how am I going to be able to exactly. go and do research? The library. Exactly. You is still What's exist. That? Right. Yeah. They don't even want to go to the library. It does still exist, people. It starts with an L and ends with a Y. <laughs> right, because I have to tell my children, we can go to the library, we can pick up books. Mama, we got our own site. You can go online and read books. We could we could go to the library and read books. You know, you want to get them to the things that, but, I mean, even dictionaries are online. It's like, my God. And I'm not going to lie, I use yeah. it sometimes. But I, sure. I do have a big dictionary at home. I still use my Merriam Web behind it. It's hard. it's paperback. I still, mm-hmm. I love mm, Yeah, I like I love paperback right. books. I like reading real books. But, you know, my kids right. are, you know, they like to read on the, the computer and, or on I an know, iPad the or something like that. The Kindles get them every time. Now, I don't mind a Kindle if, like, for such, if I'm interviewing someone and I want to get to it quickly, I will probably use it. But I love, I always tell my guests, if you can, send a hard copy. I love I love books. I love the feel, the smell of it. It's original. Mm. It means you took out your time to actually write this book. That's how I feel. But do you, what What are your thoughts really like on this digital stuff? Because, I mean, it is easier now to make a movie with it. Yeah, and, and I think for sure we could not have made this movie. I mean, we made this movie for, you know, around $200,000, which is, you know, like the amount of money they they spend on candy on a Hollywood film set. So, you know, we were just – a lot of people put in a lot of time. I mean, the movie has over 600 visual effects in it that were done uh, be, at a, such a great cost, uh, at such a low cost because of the great advantages of digital technology. So I love all that. But one of the, the – you know, the movie's called Nightmare Code, and the obvious reason it's called Nightmare Code is that these people are trying to finish this program, and the code is acting like a nightmare. And it's becoming very scary, and, in fact, leads to violence and, and things like that. But the other thing that I thought about the title was that, you know, there are codes of behavior between human beings. When we go to a movie, right. we usually figure it out pretty early. Like if we're watching, you know, a, a cops and robbers movie, you know, what are the codes of the cops? What are the codes of the robbers? You know, we try to figure out the values and who's good, who's bad. But I do think that one of the things that technology has done is that it has started to warp the codes of behavior between human beings things that people would never have done before the Internet, for example, they might do now, like cyberbullying. You might find out that some, you know, poor teenager has been cyberbullied into some awful result and that the person behind the cyberbullying might be some little twerp. Life would never stand up to somebody and do something like this and be a bully, but they feel like they're hidden behind the Internet. And I think the same thing with that Ashley Madison uh, website, where, which is all for hookups and having affairs, that all these, uh, mostly men, would go on the site thinking that they wouldn't get busted and that they could, you know, this would be their sort of secret way of being able to cheat that they wouldn't normally do in their real life. This would be too risky. Now, of course, that all backfired on them when the Ashley Madison site got hacked and all those their names got released under the Internet. But I think it just shows that technology is kind of changing the way that we communicate with each other. And, uh, you know, another example, how many times have you been in a restaurant and people are on their phones and not talking to each other? Right, and I have seen that plenty of times, and I'm a server. That's actually what I do, and I think that's what I love the most about my job because we actually have to communicate. I have to communicate to get your order. There is no texting me to take your food order or your drink order. We have to use our mouth, and 
a right. lot of us are weaning away from that. That's why I like organizations like Toastmasters. I was a part of that, and I, I'm still a part of it. I just got to get back to it, and I know they're going to get on me because I have not done, finished my speech manual, but it's uh, a good organization. I mean, children are weaning away from it. The first thing we want to do, oh, let me hurry up and text you, even in um, the movie with Adam Sandler where they did yeah. the grown-up part two, the little boy was texting his nanny, and it was like, to go get you a hot chocolate. He said, why don't you just get up and, and go ask her? No, I'm just going <laughs> to ask her. I'm going to call her. Like, really? That's, that's where technology, that's where it's going to now. Our children are becoming lazy, even with the, um, don't forget, Mark, we got these new gliders out. Children don't have to walk anymore. They could glide. And it's like, come on. Uh, oh, are we really going there now? Like, you really making we're making the world lazy. That's basically how I see it. Cool <laughs> idea, but it's lazy. Oh, mom, I'm just gonna glide my way on to school. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> wow. Uh, that's so um, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's totally. But get, it's changing getting back to our your behavior, movie, though, Mark. Right. Getting back to your movie, though, Mark. Um, you put a lot of sweat and time into this. You wore so many hats just doing this movie. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, it started off by being the co-writer on it and uh, then, you know, directing it, which, you know, to me is a great pleasure. I mean, I love working with actors. I love going into the editing room and seeing what we got and being able to make it work really tight, work with uh, composers, sound designer, all that. Uh, And then, you know, being a producer basically means you're just getting all the stuff done that move things forward, whether it's, you know, uh, hiring people, whether it's, you know, moving things around so that things can get done, all that kind of stuff. And I will say that, um, you know, because it's a low-budget movie like this, an ultra-low-budget movie, I had to wear more hats. And I would say the good thing about it, though, is that I learned so much on this movie, and I learned things in all the different areas, uh, hopefully a better writer going forward, better director. And uh, from a producing point of view, I just, you know, had to take matters in my own hands and get it done, just like any business, just like uh, whether it's your radio business or somebody has a landscaping business. And for me, that's been a real pleasure. I've been able to meet so many great people, collaborated with people in front of the camera, behind the camera, after the camera got packed up and went away. Um, It's been a really great chance to to work with people. And, And the great thing has been that everyone's really rallied around this movie and the story. I mean, the actors were super engaged. I think the performances are amazing, particularly, particularly Andy and May and, and Googie Gress, who plays the uh, foster cotton, who is the old programmer who's went on the murder suicide spree. And you, you get to see in the movie what happened because you kind of discover these old video on the, his laptop that, uh, that Andy's character is looking at and finding. So I would say all around, it's been such a great human experience for me. Um, And I've been just amazed at the support we've gotten. We ran the Indiegogo campaign last year for some funding, and that was great. And uh, we're getting some really fantastic reviews from people I have never met and probably will never meet. Um, But people seem to really like this uh, combination of kind of the, the suspense, the terror, the uh, shocks and twists, and then also right. that you can have a conversation like you and I have just been having about, you know, what is the movie saying about where we're taking, taking that where we're going as a, as a, as a civilization. And uh, I think that's exciting. I think it's fun when you make a movie that, that people can relate to and they're like, Oh my God, I got to tell my friend about this. Right. 
because we all wonder, and our minds probably wonder every day if someone else sitting around thinking, where are we going next with this technology? Where is our future heading to? And speaking of Indiegogo, do you feel like Kickstarter and Indiegogo give writers, directors probably a little more of a chance to get a project made they might not have had a chance to even get made? I think for sure, but it is a lot of work. And, uh, you know, I spent a solid, well, we did about a month of preparation, a month during the campaign. I was just, I was on the phone a lot. I was sending emails. I was doing, get, getting PR. I mean, it's a, anyone who thinks you just put something up there and money's going to flow your way, you're out of your mind. You got to really do a good job preparing. And then, you know, kind of build a community. I think that one of the things that somebody told me before we started is nobody wakes up in the morning wanting to give money to something. What they do wake up in the morning wanting to do is to be a part of something that they think is either cool or meaningful or help, helpful to the world, relevant in some way. So my advice to anyone out there doing Indiegogo is make people feel like they're part of something that's really special, that's something that they're going to want to have their name associated with, and then they'll donate. Right, exactly. You want to? Yeah, I agree with you. It's just the same way. If you're writing a book, you want to relate to people. People don't want you just talking to them. They want to know, hey, I'm I'm part of this. I can relate to that. And I think Nightmare Code is, like you said, one of those movies we're gonna be able to relate to. Sci-fi has always been around. Horror movies has always been around. And I'm gonna be mm-hmm. glad to just watch this and see this. Now, when will it be hidden on DVD? DVD will be November 27th. I will tell you it's available right now for pre-sale. You can get your order in on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Best Buy. And the DVD uh, original date was supposed to be this month, and it got pushed back so they will include in the DVD something you don't get from the uh, online version, which is, if you you want, the commentary track and some video extras. The commentary track is not just me talking, uh, but it's myself in conversation with both Andrew J. West and May Melanson, our two lead actors. Uh, the three of us got together. They were so kind to come back three years after shooting the movie and do the session with me. And we talked through the movie um, about behind the scenes, the kind of stuff that we did to the ideas we came up with, some of the fun that we had, some of the reasons we made certain choices and, and I will say that they are very engaging personalities. I mean, uh, Andy and May are both terrific people. They were fantastic collaborators and great storytellers themselves. So I think the DVD, uh, November 27th, if we're available for pre-order now, Amazon and other places, is definitely going to be something special. Oh, I, I believe so. And I just want to say definitely con- congrats on you winning Thank you. your annual Strict Fist award last year that's 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 awesome for last i mean last october last year that's yeah, really great i'm happy yeah, we have a couple couple really nice awards we won best thriller at shriek fest here in la that's a 14 year old film festival for horror and science fiction films and then in january in new york city we won the philip k dick science fiction film festival uh, uh some of your some of your uh, listeners may know but is a great science fiction writer not alive anymore but his stories and novels have been the, the uh, basis for movies like Blade Runner, Minority Report, Adjustment Bureau, Total Recall. Um, he's just a fantastic, fantastic. Uh, he was a fantastic writer about. Oh, yes. and I have seen all those. 
about technology and paranoia. And our movie really is about that kind of paranoia of technology. Uh, Mark, are there any other obscure science fiction horror movies you liked that you like <laughs> that you want to recommend to people? Well, sure. One of my favorites is a movie by director David Cronenberg called Videodrome. And I heard they may be remaking it, but it is a really freaky science fiction movie. And I, I just, it's kind of mind blowing with James Woods and Deborah Harry from Blondie. It's from about, God, probably the eighties. Uh, but that's absolutely one of my favorites and one that had an influence on us. And, uh, I think, as I mentioned, we really loved, um, we thought a lot about the movie Alien because as, uh, that's one where the female protagonist becomes stronger as the movie goes on. And uh, so that's another one that I would kind of mention. But there's a number of really good ones out there. Uh, I just saw this year a movie called Ex Machina, which is about mm. robots and uh, has a lot of themes in common with Nightmare Code. There's uh, even some plot things that are a little bit in common with Nightmare Code. But it's another, uh, and their budget, you know, was very different from ours. It was probably about, you know, 20 times our wait, no, maybe more like 200 times our budget or 2,000, whatever it is. A huge, uh, you know, like a, a big budget movie, but really, really good one as well. Well, I'll I'll tell you, this is going to be so thrilling for us. So, I know we're short on time, but what's next for you, Mark? Are you keen to stick around in the sci-fi horrors? any longer? Well, we got two projects in the works, again, with my co-writer. One is that we are starting work on a potential television show that could develop after the ending of Nightmare Code. And uh, while I will say the ending of Nightmare Code, without giving away any spoilers, has some a little bit apocalyptic, that there is a way that we think we could go and extend it. The other thing is a feature film script that is a uh, thriller. It is not science fiction, but it is a real real hardcore thriller, and it's about blackmailing, kidnapping, murder, betrayal, and it's uh, the twist is that it's four female leads. The uh, the four women are, are the ones who get involved with this conspiracy and watch it go from uh, kind of a, a risky idea to an all-out, um, well, it's their own kind of nightmare that they have to deal with, and very exciting. And that's called All the Way Down. Um so that's pretty much what's it for us. Hello? Oh, did I lose my connection? Hello? Oh, Mark, I'm sorry. I thought I was still on. Um, as I was saying, Mark, I, I really do. I appreciate your time. And I'm looking forward to this sci-fi artificial intelligence this year just to watch this. And as Mark was mentioning, you can find this at iTunes. You can get on Google Play and other platforms, and it will be out on DVD very soon, but you can pre-order at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Best Buy. And don't forget, you can find it on Facebook and Twitter at Nightmare Code. Mark, thank you for so much for taking your time out with us again. Thank you so much. It's great. This is a... Uh... We just love being able to reach audiences this way, and uh, it's a real pleasure. Thank you. And for my, for my friends and family and everyone, I want you to have a blessed Sunday. And I will have another truth for you some other time. But today, the truth of it is all is to just enjoy your day and don't let anyone stress you out. 
God loves you, and I love you too. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 